reading is Ephesians chapter 2, starting at verse 1. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Rosemary, thank you so much for that. Happy Easter, everyone. It's so lovely uh, to be here today and talk about uh, the greatest event in history. Shall we just bow our heads and let's pray? Lord, it's been uh, great just to be reminded so far in this service how special today is that you are risen. Hallelujah. And that is a wonderful thing. And as we reflect on that, as we reflect on Jesus and all that is done for us. We pray that your resurrection power, that your Holy Spirit would come and just hover and be with us. All of us are going through many a complex and difficult thing. All of us have moments of joy and we pray that as we bring our lives together now, we might sense something of the power and the joy of Easter and the transforming work of Jesus, Lord. We pray that it will be present this morning as we reflect on him and hope in him. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So Easter Day, it's a unique day. It's a very different kind of day. It's a counter-intuitive kind of day. It's a day of faith. The day uh, we say we believe in something which could so easily be rejected. We accept a proposition which could be considered absurd. A day in which atheists will look at us and think we're all bonkers and believe us in fairy tales. It's a day that even 25% of people who call themselves Christians in the UK refuse to believe. It's easy to believe a baby can be born. It's easy to believe in someone who talks about love and justice and mercy and who encourages kindness, who's about encouragement and tells great stories. It's easy to like and believe 
in someone who's a pain in the neck to those in authority and who supports the poor. It's easy to believe in someone who made a great cultural and ethical contribution to the history of the world. Jesus understood the psychology of what it means to be human. It's easy to respect all that and it's easier to embrace that. But Easter Day is where all this falls down. Easter Day sort of reshapes everything. It's Christianity's unique contribution to the world. The dead Jesus is the alive Jesus, not just emotionally or spiritually alive, not just alive in our hearts and imaginations, but physically walking about and speaking kind of alight. Crucified and broken is turned into alive and whole. Defeated and killed turns into risen and believing. And for the last 2,000 years, those who believe in this have been trying to explain this. Death to life, broken to whole, battered to healed, despaired to joy, fear to hope, ill to well, impossible to possible, defeated to victorious, depression to energy, end of story to beginning of story. And every year we tell this story. Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. Every year when there's bombs in London and Stockholm, when the mother of all bombs is dropped in Afghanistan, when Syria decides to add chemical cocktails to its bombs, and the UK carries on selling bombs to Saudi Arabia, and poverty and famine and despair and pain and bad politics and unfairness are the agendas of every newsroom and every prime minister and every first minister. And every year where the story is death and more death and the potential of death and pain, we carry on telling this story. Jesus Christ is risen today. We tell a story of life to a world obsessed by death. It's been the heartbeat of Christianity since the woman embraced the risen Jesus and couldn't let him go. That impossible moment of realisation changed everything. People began to build their lives on that Easter moment. All the original disciples and followers reshaped, replanned and remade their lives because of Jesus who was dead and is now alive, coming into the room and saying, peace be with you. Words like hope, life, salvation, forgiveness, new starts, relationships with God, new creation and grace become the new language. And that language uh, is what takes centre stage today. This Easter event is what Paul, who wrote our passage today, became fantastically linked to. He hated Easter at first and tried to destroy the power of it. But an event on the Damascus Road changed his life forever. He stopped trying to destroy the impact of Easter and instead embraced it. So much so, he was prepared to risk his life and reputation and freedom for that message, Jesus is alive. And he wrote what we have to look at this morning from Ephesians 2 in his prison cell. No amount of discomfort or inconvenience was going to stop his personal experience of Easter. His internal life was alive to the thoughts of the new kingdom of God and that Easter-shaped kingdom drove his imagination and his hope. Internal lives have never been the same since the idea of Easter was established 
those moments the stone was moved away. New thoughts drive and bring life to followers. And St. Paul, in this passage we've got today, liberally spreads this thought, these thoughts. He builds his life on these thoughts. These are his Easter thoughts, compressed and compiled after years and years of reflection. Just look at the ten verses uh, with me. The first three verses are really thoughts about um, uh, life without Easter, a life where sin and death dominates, a life which follows the crowd in its desire for the negative, a life which is even open to being tempted by the devil himself, a life where we let the lowest common denominator dominate, unspectacular and anger-inducing, a life which is about me, 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 a life which doesn't care about the impact it makes, a life which is uh, celebratory-focused, looking at what the great and good do rather than God, consuming, fueled, and just after the next fix or product. It's a life which is about getting the most I can rather than caring and supporting those with nothing. Paul describes a world in which, over, which is over-religious in zeal, over-legislative in living and over-indulgent at worst. Paul reckons this is the kind of life uh, which is created when there is no Easter, no hope and no joy. And maybe he overstates his case a lot, but for Paul this is the worst kind of world. He has to overpronounce its weaknesses as it is dangerous and it's a failing world, a world of no hope, and as the sex, sex Pistols once sang, as I'm sure you all know, a world of no future. This is what a world without God or a distorted view of God looks like. Paul was once a part of this world. Everyone has been part of this world. But for him, this is now a nonsense world. But then Easter thinking hits Paul. In verse is, uh, 4 up to verses 10, he describes... Sorry, everything's just vanished. It's very cleverly. It's turned off. It's very kind of my machine. I'll tell you what he describes in a moment. We'll see how quickly it can turn on. <laughs> it's a happy Easter, everyone, anyway. Perhaps we can just discuss this for a minute or so whilst uh, we... Uh, it's coming. There we go. There's the magic loop. Remember to turn this the other side up when you're preaching. Won't be long now. Um, did you enjoy Hibs going out yesterday? <laughs> I must, must admit, at Soul Food, that got the loudest cheer of the night. Yeah. Although there was, there was some great disappointment that uh, uh, Inverness Cali Thistle uh, lost their match. <laughs> I'm almost there. I have been found out. Here it comes, Easter Day. Tell you what, I'm going to go on to backup. Phone. I know it's terrible, isn't it? 
Okay, I've got it. So, in verses 4 to 10, he describes, this is the resurrection of technology, what uh, God is like. So this is what God is like for Paul. If you look at verses 4 to 10, he is loving, he's rich in mercy, he's alive even in the midst of sin and badness. God is a good God. As the word Paul uses to describe him is grace. And this grace is best seen for Paul by what happens on the cross. Grace is what saves us. God saves us. Jesus did it for us. And God raises up and puts us on the same level as Jesus because of the cross. We're not stuck now in our sin and badness and unworthiness anymore. We are caught up in this word and this idea of grace. We can move from death to life, sin to salvation, despair to hope, hatred to love, and sadness to joy. Easter thinking for Paul has the kindness of Jesus running through it. Jesus in his kindness has done it all. Jesus' kindness pulls us up and pulls us out. And as he does this, he heals, he saves and restores us. And for Paul, there is completely nothing we can do to earn this or work for it. It's a free gift. It's not deserved, but it's born in love. Nothing we can do can make God love us more. He just does. As we're sat here this morning, the idea from Paul is that God just loves us, just as anybody sitting anywhere in the world is just just loved. Our job is not to impress uh, God, but um, to uh, know God's love. Just know it and just live it. Just appreciate it. We are all uniquely and wonderfully, as Paul puts it, God's handiwork. So this means we all have status, we all have purpose, we all have identity because of Jesus and what he's done for us on that first Easter Sunday. So for Paul, Easter thinking is about knowing God has done it, knowing and living in grace, not impressing God with our faith or our abilities or what we have but enjoying God impressing us and being kind to us, living for God and not ourselves. This is the life of people who know that the tomb is empty. It's a life of grace, mercy, kindness, love and joy. And I must admit it sometimes when I read all this and when I think about all this and when I pray about all this, it sometimes seems far too good to be true. I bought a computer the other week, which you know now is completely rubbish, for a, for a price which is... Oh, it's turned into photograph mode now. For a price uh, which was described as the best ever price. You won't get it cheaper, it said. This is the best deal in Edinburgh. So I went proudly for this best deal, only for a week later to find it £100 cheaper at the same shop. And sometimes it does seem the Easter deal for Christianity can't possibly be as good as it seems. It can't all be done on that Easter Sunday, surely. It can't all be about what God has done. Forgiveness can't be that straightforward. Love can't be so easily forgiven. Life that, and death sounds good, 
but is it possible? How on earth can I be good enough for God? How can God forgive me when I can't forgive myself and I know exactly what I've done? Why is God impressed with me when I know I'm so bad? And yet, this immensely too-good-to-be-true message was what Paul had to offer. You are loved, you are forgiven, you are significant. Paul could only express this because he had met the Jesus of Easter. And the Jesus of Easter simply says, despite the physics, despite the rationality, you are loved, you are forgiven, you are significant. This is Easter's gift to the world. This is its gift this morning. And it might seem too good to be true. Sky Jathani, who writes uh, a book called The Defined Commodity, shares a story from a trip uh, which he took to India with his father. And while walking the streets of uh, New Delhi, there was this one of these typical skinny little boys approached them who had problems uh, with his leg, which meant that he couldn't walk properly. And he made his way towards this person, Sky, and his father. And this is what Sky uh, writes. He says, what do you want, my father asked. One rupee, sir, the boy said, whilst motioning his hand to his mouth and bowing his head in deference. My father laughed. How about I give you five rupees, he said. The boy's submissive countenance suddenly became defiant. He reacted. His hand and, and sneered at us. He thought that my father was joking, having a laugh at his expense. After all, no one would really willingly give up five rupees. The boy started shuffling away, mumbling curses under his breath. My father reached into his pocket. Having, hearing the coins jingle, the boy stopped and looked back over his shoulder. My father was holding out a five rupee coin. He approached the stun boy and placed the coin in his hand. The boy didn't move or say a word. He just stared at the coin in his hand. We passed him and proceeded to cross the street. A moment later, the shouting resumed, except this time the boy was yelling, thank you, thank you, thank you, sir, bless you. He raced after us again, but not for more money, but to touch my father's feet. Easter says, don't settle for one rupee. It even says, don't even settle for five rupees, because it's too good to be true. It is unlimited rupees. But this isn't any spectacular deal of God trying to entice us over to his side. This is the good news of Easter. This is the everyday message of Christianity. And despite all the evidence to the contrary, and despite ourselves, and despite our lack of faith, the risen Jesus is shouting out across eternity to his Easter people this morning. And he's saying, I love you. I forgive you. You are significant to me. So much so, I died and was raised to life again for you. This isn't too good to be true. It's far too precious for that. It's something to turn towards God to this morning and kneel down and, like the boy, touch his feet and worship him with great thanks. Happy Easter, everyone, and amen. God bless you.